Welcome to Give a Heck. I am your host, Dwight Heck, and for much of my life, lived my life in quiet desperation, wondering how I was going to pay the bills, take vacations, save for retirement, and one day wondering if I would get off the hamster wheel of life and have purpose. A life that most of society lives, which takes us to work, then home, then repeat, and pays us hopefully enough just to survive. The harsh truth that most live with more months than money and have no idea how to live life on purpose, not by accident. This ensures the mass majority are living not just financially broke, however emotionally and mentally as well due to financial pressures. In each episode, I will introduce you to thoughts, ideas, and guests that can help you to learn how you too can live life on purpose, not by accident. Good day, and welcome to Give a Heck. On today's show, I welcome Nikki Baloo. Nikki is the author or co-author of eight books, to name a few, his number one international best-selling author of the book, Finish Line Thinking, How to Think and Win Like a Champion, The Thought Leader's Journey, A Fable of Life, The Power of Connecting, How to Activate Profitable Relationships by Serving Your Network Plus Others, and his latest being How to Create a Million Dollar a Year Income, The Priceless Guide for Life Insurance Agents, Sales Professionals, and Anyone with a Big Dream. Nikki is an in-demand and highly inspirational speaker to corporate audiences such as RBC, Lululemon, Royal LePage, and Torstar Media. He is an advisor and confidant to some of the most successful and dynamic entrepreneurs in Canada. Nikki is also the co-founder of E-Circle Academy, where he runs a year-long mastermind and educational program working with coaches, consultants, corporate trainers, clinic owners, realtors, mortgage brokers, and other service-based entrepreneurs, positioning them as authorities in their niche. I'd like to welcome you to the show, Nikki. Thanks so much for agreeing to come on and share with us some of your life journey. Hey, Dwight, thanks for having me on. It's an honor to be here, brother. Yeah, it's my honor too, brother. I'm looking forward to this. Um, listeners, buckle up. Here it comes. It's going to be like a fire hose, so you better be able to drink fast because Nikki is a plethora of knowledge and he's going to inspire you because I've just gotten to know him and he's already inspiring me. So, Nikki, one of the things that, Everybody always talks about it. I even seen it in, you know, your breakdown of some of the things that you talk about people's background story. Well, I like to delve deep into a person's origin story. Like Nikki at his littlest, like little Nikki in his earliest memories are things that have helped you or hindered you along the way or were a catalyst for you to change throughout your life. So can you do me a favor and tell me your origin story and what key things from your childhood to your adulthood led you where you're at currently? Well, thanks for asking that question. That's a great question. So I'm originally an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. And when I was uh, 11, uh, 12, 13 years old, there was something happening in Iran called the Islamic Revolution. And my late father, God rest his soul, who's the greatest man that I've ever known, he could see the writing on the wall and he realized that raising his kids in a theocratic state where he wasn't the religion of the theocratic state was going to be a problem, right? So he decided at that point, he wanted to get all his kids out of Iran and come to Canada. And, you know, every single day, I thank God 
that my father had that kind of foresight, you know, and I am so grateful that I get to live here, brother. This is the greatest country. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there, including our prime minister. It's very fashionable to say Canada's oppressive, Canada's racist, Canada's uh, sexist. Bull crap. This is the greatest, freest, most tolerant nation on earth, bar none. We are lucky to be here. And I think every single one of us needs to understand that. And these people that are trying to tell us, hey, this is what Canada's really like, these fashionable types, they're idiots. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to divide us in order to win power, because that's what they like. They like power, they like being in charge. So for me, freedom is what drives me the most. You know, my father helped keep us free. And, and for me, I do what I do because I want to push the cause of freedom forward. So what I do is I work with entrepreneurs, right? And I do that because I want to build a constituency for free enterprise. I want a billion people to be millionaires, a billion millionaires, hashtag billion millionaire. That's a Nikki Ballou original. Is if right we on. do that, my brother, we're going to have a constituency for free enterprise like nobody's ever seen. Well, that's an amazing, and it's not even a pipe dream. It's a, it can be a reality. It's just the amount of the amount of work it's going to take is whatever work it takes. That's what I tell people. How people say to me, "How much work is this going to take?" Whatever it takes. Why are you already capping your your mindset? You're already capping your mindset, right? Just go out and do what it takes, and take baby steps, or trip and fall, get up, put a bandaid on, get out and freaking do whatever it takes to uh, you know accomplish things. One of the things I'd like to know a little bit more about your origin. How old were you when you came here? So we came to Canada when we were just shy of 14, 15 years old. You know, I was so, still a teenager and I was yeah. trying to figure out which way was up. And, um, you know, uh, my dad was, was an entrepreneur. And I'll tell you a little bit about his story. I'd love to hear it. Just an inc incredible man. Dad was an uplifter. He would help people get jobs. Like if there was an opportunity to work for his company, he'd make that possible for people. If not, he'd try to get people jobs elsewhere because he wanted to uplift people. He helped people get their start in business. You know, he opened doors for them. He lent them money, that sort of thing. And he also was a generous man. He was a Christian, devout, and he would give people gifts, like big gifts. He'd buy them, you know, cars, apartments, even houses. And you're like, you're like, Listen to me, you're going, did I hear Nikki, right? Did you say his dad bought people cars, apartments, houses? Who does that? Well, not a lot of people. Well, my dad did. And why did he do that? Well, number one is he was Christian and he believed that because much had been given to him, he owed it to God to give much to others. So that was number one. And secondly, he did it because he could. He had the financial wherewithal. He was an entrepreneur. He had the money. He was successful. Right. And so I looked at, at entrepreneurship through the lens of my father. And I go, man, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be like dad, man. Dad's the greatest man in the world. So I want to be just like that. And so I became an entrepreneur. Took me a while, but I, but I, but I did it. And here's what I noticed as an entrepreneur. A lot of my fellow entrepreneurs, especially the smaller entrepreneurs, you know, either, either like a professional salesperson like yourself or, or like folks who were like, uh, I don't know, coaches, consultants, or they owned like a, a shop where they were the only employee, that sort of person. They were 
really not as successful as they could be. They were struggling and they were struggling because they were nervous. They didn't want to come across like they were pushy or they didn't want to come across like they were salesy. They didn't want to come across like they had commission breath coming from them, <laughs> right? Yeah. So they wouldn't go after business. And why is that not good? Well, number one is you don't get the business and you know you, you don't get to, to get the money to help you and your family and you don't get the satisfaction of succeeding. Number two is though, the person that you could have helped doesn't get you. They don't get you, so they don't get the help they need. Maybe some charlatan marketer works with them who doesn't care about delivering for them, but not some good dude like you, right? So I noticed that, and you know, I thought I can help these people because you know I'm a good person, and I, I believe that selling isn't selling it's really serving so i help people modify their thinking from selling to serving because nobody likes to be sold dwight but everybody everybody wants to be served by a caring person by a oh caring they want to people want to be number one they want to know that they're number one with you when you're dealing with them everybody buys we and everybody sells it's just it is it is what it is and it's it, like you said though it's all the words that we use and we it's how we present it and wordsmithing for me is so important nikki uh, most people don't get it that you know that's why there's something called a sothoris right because one word can mean something and you could say it with another word and people read it and get a different impression but it's the same meaning right so people need to put more effort in their daily lives and you know as a side note our school system could really help that out they could really start at a young age and trying to teach people how to um, pronunciate and how to communicate and how to get across messages in a non-confrontational way, even though it is abrupt and it is blunt, what your message is, it can still be delivered so that, you know, again, it's, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. I taught my kids that, Nikki, since they were really little. It's not what you say, it's how you say it, right? And if you say it in the right way you can get your message across because even i was talking to one of my adult daughters earlier today and she was telling me a story about something i said could you tell dad how you said it she told me and i said well here's what went wrong she didn't get upset she talks to me about this stuff because i can see the forest for the trees sometimes that she can't so the reason i bring this up is we all need mentors we need people that are going to look at our, our businesses or what we do and how we apply it, like you're talking about in sales and having commission breath and be vulnerable and be willing to be positively criticized and take that criticism and then do something with it, not just sit back and suck our thumbs and, you know, climb into the rabbit hole of life. So I appreciate your candor, brother. You bet, man. You bet. And that's, that's the truth, right? There's a lot of people that are in business today that need that sort of help, right? The other problem that a lot of entrepreneurs have is they sound like everybody else. Like their brand know, sucks. Yeah. They're just like, Hey, so what makes you different? Yeah. I'm honest. I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you and every single other person in your field. Good. What, what makes you different? Oh, I give great service. I have the best products. I have the best products. Okay, you and everybody else in your in your space. Okay, now really, what else? Yeah, yeah. I have the, I have great products. I have great products. Yeah. Oh, you and everybody else who's selling. No, really, what makes you different? They can't answer that question. They don't have a dialed-in message. So 
a lot of people don't know why they should do business with them. And we really help people in their message. And that's a huge problem a lot of people have. You know, so if someone um, is in business, for example, and uh, let's say they're a, a realtor, right? Um, and someone goes up to him and go, what do you do? Well, I'm a real estate agent. Oh, okay. You and 30,000 other people. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> right. But what if instead of that, they could say something like, oh, I, I help first time buyers buy their dream home without breaking the bank. Well, that's a lot more interesting, right? Like the, a first time buyer would go, really? Well, I'd like to buy my dream home without breaking the bank. Right. So that's the difference between someone with a really good dialed in message and someone with no message whatsoever. And that's one of the things we really help people do is to dial in their message. And finally, it's all gotta be about the client. It can't be about you, right? The outcome that you deliver for people is what your focus ought to be. So again, let's say you're a life insurance agent, right? And you wanna grow your income from 100,000 a year to half a million dollars a year. Okay, great. So how do you do that? Well, I'll sell life insurance to so many people, to as many people as I can. Well, whom? Anybody will buy. No, no, you will not. You will sell life insurance to a very particular group of people that need it. So for example, you sell life insurance specifically to oil workers, oil workers. So if you specialize in selling life insurance to oil workers and you knew everything about all the issues faced by oil workers, Trust me, a whole lot of oil workers would want to talk to you because they understand that they could die on the job and having the right type of life insurance to take care of their family is a really, really good idea. And that's the sort of thing that we, you know, we want to teach people and we do teach people to do. And the folks we've done this with have been very successful. I'll give you an example by the way of the story. I had a client uh, several years back. At the time, he was 25 years old. Good guy. Um, he was a personal trainer, but he would work with anybody with a wallet and a pulse. He had seven clients, right? He was making not even uh, $1,500 a month. I mean, it was bad. He had to borrow money from mom and dad to pay his rent, right? So he started to work with us and we looked at what he did and we said, oh, yeah, you're working with anybody with a wallet and a pulse. No, no, no. You need, you need a narrower niche. Okay. I'll work with cardiologists, cardiologists. Actually, you know, first he said doctors. And then, well, he only picked doctors because they made a lot of money. So nobody really bought from him. And then he said, cardiologists, I'm marrying my niche more. And they, 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 they also said, well, there's nothing special about you. So, you know, um, and then he started working with this man who was a Paralympic athlete, who won some medals at the Paralympic Games. And then he came to us and he said, I, I love working with this fellow. So um, I want to work with people with missing limbs. I said, all right. And, you know, he's, he, he put a message together. I, 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 I know how to work with people with missing limbs. I've worked with Paralympic athletes. So I put a program together for you that's going to work, get you fit, all that good stuff. He signed up 400 clients in six weeks, Dwight. 400. Wow. He couldn't do one-on-one -on -one anymore, obviously. He had to transform it into some sort of group programs. And um, he had a waiting list. Now, why is that? Nobody else was going after people with missing limbs for working out. Nobody, nobody. So one is this group, you know, was the virgin market. Number two, imagine, you know, the, someone with a missing limb was um, approached by this man. 
put yourself in their shoes. They're probably thinking, okay, I got a missing limb, probably can't live normally, can't work out, or, you know, can't exercise normally, you know, whatever normal is. Um, life is, you know, I'm alive, but it's a, a lesser life than if I had all my limbs, right? And what he did, what he did was he gave them belief, gave them optimism, he gave them hope. He said, I'm going to train you and make you just as strong as if you had all your limbs. You're going to be just as much a badass. And that message, brother, was about way more than exercise and fitness. It was about dignity and worth. And that's why he got all these clients. That's the power of a dialed-in message with a clear group of people that you're going after. And this young man went from making 1500 a month, not even, brother to making 50,000 a month, five, zero. Now, you know, personal trainers, how much money they make, right? Not, <laughs> not a lot. No. So, you know, this was, this was absolutely spectacular and amazing from this gentleman's point of view it was, it was beautiful. Well, you did a great service for him. I was just jotting some notes down here because I'm familiar with branding and my own business and stuff. I've, I didn't focus enough on that in the last few years. I had to learn as well how to differentiate myself from my competitors because as you listed, all the things that people do in, in insurance or in wealth management, because I do both, um, I have to differentiate myself. And I've been working on that myself. And I've seen, you know, you reap the rewards of, of differentiating yourself from all the other people. When you talked about the fact of, niching you need to niche what he's doing and now he niched it into people that have you know missing limbs in a virgin market market part of me and he instilled a belief in them that they can be like everybody else they're not different just because they have missing limbs right it's it's exactly. the problem in our society though is we differentiate in the wrong ways but there's ways to differentiate in the right way is what i'm hearing from you and you helped him dial in his message, go from 1500 to 50, 50K a month. That's that's a giant leap. Good for that young gentleman and good for you for helping him. Those listening or watching this episode, um, bottom line, you can have it too. You just got to be one of the willing and you got to be willing to go through literally that gets overused, but it's a school of hard knocks. You got to be willing to be vulnerable. You got to be willing to do what it takes to get your dreams. Because if you aren't willing to do what it takes to get your dreams, then anything you're going to tell me or think is a fantasy. Fantasies are unachievable. Dreams are, right? So make a decision today and you can move forward. So one of the things, Nikki, I wanted to, uh, you coach people on getting outside of their comfort zone. As we both know, success on any front is only accomplished when we step outside of our comfort zones. Why do you feel most people live on the hamster wheel of life and in a comfort zone? Look, the truth is uh, we're living in what's called the fourth turning. Um, uh, a guest I had on my podcast is uh, uh, Jeff Hopp, and he wrote a poem that's very famous. It goes something like this. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. And we're in that fourth turning. There's the weak men that are creating hard times right now. Oh, unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, I agree. and the reason for that is people are, you know, fat, dumb, and happy, man. 
life has been too good. There's not really a need to get out of your comfort zone. You can live. You don't need to struggle to make uh, uh, a living. Uh, nobody is starving in Canada right now, you know, and that's the truth. That That's why people are the way they are. If you are to get out of your comfort zone, you actually have to deliberately decide to get out of your comfort zone. You know, the ancient Stoics talked about living life in a particular way. And um, there's a number of people today that are modern day philosophers that have adopted what the ancient Stoics uh, taught to modern life. One of them is Ryan Holiday. I mean, he wrote The Daily Stoic. He wrote uh, The Obstacle is the Way. And what you need to understand um, is that you've got to decide that you're going to make life better for yourself. Either that or you're going to have to hit rock bottom. And then that's a good way to motivate yourself too. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell another story of another young man. Um, he came to see us. He too was a personal trainer. He was making about three to $5,000 a month. He came to see us. He did our program. And, um, you know, at the time, he just wanted to double his income. Uh, he ended up uh, starting to work with us. And I said, all right, what do you do? And he said, well, you know, I, I, uh, yeah, I work with people. I do okay. Um, I said, well, what do you want to do? He said, I want to make 20 grand a month. I'm like, okay, that sounds pretty good. Um, and he didn't have a niche either. So we had him start to work with the niche. He started to work with dads, new dads. The dad bod phenomenon was something he, he wanted to help get rid of, right? Um, and he got to work and he got to 20K a month. His best month was 43K, something like that. It was fantastic. And then at the end of a year of working with us, he wrote this long post. And in his post, he said, he came to work with us uh, because he was embarrassed. He had to borrow money from his girlfriend to pay the rent. And um, he just didn't want to live like that anymore. So he was out of his comfort zone, right? Like it was bugging him. He had a burning desire to change the situation. So he borrowed money from her to sign up for our course. And he got a line of credit and he ran it all the way up to almost minus 40,000, right? Um, and he bought, he did our courses, did our programs, you know, and we, we, we charge a good buck for what we do. Um, because we, we believe that's how you get people motivated to do the, the work, right? When they pay a lot, they, they show up a lot, right? And this young man said that he learned how to be a man out of doing this work. He learned how to go out there and get business. He learned how to position himself. He learned how to stand out. He raised his prices throughout the process. He started to um, get way, way more clients. And he ended up buying his own gym with a couple of partners. Um, and he, he wrote out all his numbers, that all the success, he wrote it out. And then he said that his um, line of credit, which was minus well, 37, 38,000, he, he added to plus 5,000 right now. He paid it off and it was like plus 5,000. He had money in the bank. And he came to us and he said that, you know, I was comfortable and then I saw how shitty a life I was leading as a man who was living off of his girlfriend. And that made me uncomfortable. 
and you guys grabbed me by the arms and propelled me forward to get into action. So you've got to be uncomfortable, but you also need people around you. You need mentors. You need a peer group. You know, you need someone who's going to show you the way. And why is a peer group good? Well, because the people in the group, they're going to, they're going to push you and they're going to teach you. Call you out in your bullshit. Exactly. More than that's what a good peer book. That's what a good peer group is a good mastermind. They're not going to listen to your shit and they're going to, they're going to help you. You know, like I belong to a mastermind and good friends of mine. Um, We've become good friends. None of us knew each other prior to it. We're all successful in our own rights from different entrepreneurship, you know, angles, but we're not afraid. Like we had our call on Tuesday. We're not afraid to, you know, we'll listen to somebody they have their time to speak and then the person that moderates the group who wants to answer that question first right he'll he'll answer last if none of us have an answer but we literally call each other out and we do it in a we do it in a nice enough way but a blunt enough way that you realize that you know what you're just you're giving lip service to yourself every single day when you look in the mirror you're never going to move forward and does that mean that each of us giving advice, don't fall into that. And then we're getting advice. It happens, right? None of us are perfect, but I, I agree with you. Cause that was one of the que- second part of that question was what do people need to do to escape and climb in life out of this while you're answering it? Mentorship, right? You need to mentorship, have mentorship. Peer groups. You got to have peer groups. You just have to, you can call it masterminds, whatever. And you know what? Just like sh- people listening, to, I, you know, I tell this when I coach people all the time, just like, you know, going for a doctor, you don't like it, you will get a second opinion or a dentist or whatever the hell it is, you, you know, in life, you don't like it, you go get a second opinion, people will put more effort into finding out which is a better type of freaking toaster to buy than they do for putting into their own life. And like, what am I letting into my life? What am I attracting? What are my associations? What are going to actually help me elevate and climb in life and not be camped anymore? I'm, don't listen to the first freaking guru. I hear it from people time and time again. Oh, I spent this money and I spent that money. And sometimes it's because they're lazy and didn't do anything. And other times it's because they're, they they hired a poser, somebody that pretended yeah. to know what the hell they're doing. They haven't accomplished shit and they're just collecting money. And I've seen that through yeah, the pandemic. I call them charlatan marketers. Yes, yes. I got that as one of my questions, but we can go into that. Do you want to dive into that? For first sure. off, first off, what is a charlatan? I know what it is, but can you tell the listeners what is a charlatan marketer and then go from there, please? Yeah, I will. Um, a charlatan marketer is somebody who's good at selling the sizzle, but they got no steak to deliver for you. So when you try to cut into the steak, there's just sizzle coming up and you're, you're cutting into the plate. Okay. There's no steak there. And um, I'll tell you another story. Um, there was a lady who at the time was in her late 50s she came to work with us and um she was a coach she worked with people to really help them overcome emotional knots that were getting in the way of their success and she was doing terribly she had like a good month for her was two thousand dollars in sales that was a good month a bad month for her was five hundred dollars in sales so she came to us because she had been working with these charlatans. She spent 125,000 with bupkis return. Bupkis got to the point that her husband said to her, 
sweetheart, you're spending us in the poorhouse. Give me your credit cards. <laughs> we can't do this anymore, right? And she, she, she was really upset because she knows and knew at the time that she really had something great in her heart, but it wasn't happening for her. So she came to us, started working with us. And I remember she looked at me. She says, look, I'm trusting you. This better work. I just took a big gulp. And I said, it'll work. It'll work. I looked at, you know, looked at the folks who work with me and said, let's, let's make sure we really over deliver for this lady. Anyways, long story short is very quickly, this woman increased her income to a steady 20K a month. And then she has, she had a, 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 a CRM, uh, what was it called? Uh, Infusionsoft, that was it, Infusionsoft. She had the CRM and she showed us her income year over year. And the last January before she worked with us was $532. This January it was 52,300 bucks. It was like crazy. It was a hundred fold increase in income. It's the single biggest percentage increase I've ever managed to get for somebody through the work. And um, she came and she showed it to us. She was really excited, very thankful. And, um, you know, what happened for her was she got the right mentor because there's a lot of mentors out there. There's a lot of peer groups out there, but you got to be with the right mentor. You need someone who knows what's working today because we knew what was working today. The stuff she was being told to do wasn't working anymore, right? They're telling her to do launches, all kinds of other stupid bullshit that just doesn't work. We knew what worked today, so we got her to do that. Secondly, we actually were committed to her success and we told her, you take one step, we'll take 10. That's just how we roll. And, and we delivered on that for her. So she had someone there. She kept asking questions. She'd come on the calls. We really helped her crush it. And last but not least, we provided a group of incredible people for her to be around who were also coaches, consultants, you know, solopreneur type people, professional salespeople like yourself. And they all were moving in the same direction. They all wanted to make a difference. They were all heart-driven people. We curated that. So she just had like a peer group that loved her. We just, we loved on her. The group loved on her. Of course she blossomed. Of course she won. And that's what you need to do when you've got a peer group, when you've got a mentor. So, you know, you got to be with a mentor who knows what works today, who's going to give you what works today, who's going who's gonna to be there for you when you need them, and who's put a really, really good group. So you need good ideas from a good mentor and accountability but you also need a great peer group. Uh, and that's what, what you got to provide. And that's what got provided for this lady. And that's why she was able to, you know, go from 500 to 50,000. That's amazing. Can you tell me though, what are some of the things that people can look for to avoid these, you know, charlatan marketers? Like you mentioned it's a, a few things, question. but people need to be able to see the signs because otherwise they're going to get sucked in. Well, look, I'll give you an example. If someone's 31 years old, all right, and they're telling you they're going to help you bulletproof your marriage and they've never had a major breakup in their life, they're probably a charlatan marketer. Probably, you should think that. If someone's 26 years old and they're telling you, I'm going to be omnipresent and I'm going to show you the omnipresent strategy and you're going to be everywhere on YouTube, I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Right, YouTube. Right. No, I need five hundred thousand dollars, 
and you're selling me YouTube. So they're, you know, that's the kind of crap that happens. You got to be looking for someone who understands your problem. Because what is business? Business is solving acute problems for profit. That's all business is. That's all it ever was. That's all it ever will be, right? So what you want is someone who understands your problem, someone who can speak to you, ask the right questions of you so they, you know they get your problem. You got it. They got to get your problem better than you get your problem. And you'll know that by the quality of the questions they ask of you when they're speaking to you. And then secondly, there's got to be a bunch of people, good testimonials are going to tell the story of how this person helped them. You know, if you go on my LinkedIn, there's like 50 testimonials. Right? <laughs> I mean, I got videos of people telling you the story of how I helped them. So you, you want someone like that. That's great actionable advice for people. Um, you know, I like what you said, they will keep problems for profit. It's a good way to put it. That's what business is, right? That's what business is. Yeah, and there's no, and never be ashamed, people listening or watching, for wanting to make money. Just make sure that the, what the be money proud. you're making is, is, yeah, be proud of your service or product. And then never be ashamed for making money because at the end of the day, is money has no personality, zero personality. We wield the personality that that money is going to have. And if you don't make money, how are you going to service your com local community by giving back or supporting others like your dad, like your dad did. Your dad was an entrepreneur. He could make money. He could go out and do whatever he wanted to to help anybody. My dad in his 80s, still alive, did the same thing. Very successful entrepreneur, um, very successful business. And he helped people all the time, right? And people will go, why are you doing that? You're not teaching him anything. Well, he, he was smart. He knew when to help people and he knew when it was a handout. It was just the way it was, right? But he felt good about it, God-fearing man, and he did what it, what it took and he never apologized for making money. And a story that I've, I don't think I've ever shared with my listeners and I'll share it with you. My, my dad's one of 18 kids. My mom's one of nine kids. My listeners have heard that part of my life. But my dad, his relatives... And close friends wouldn't buy equipment from him, wouldn't buy parts from him. And a lot of times it was because they didn't want him to make money off of them. Yet he, even if he, and he, and he refused to, you know, initially he would discount stuff. He got to the point, no, I'm not discounting nothing. This is what it is. I want to give you the ultimate service plus because you're related to me or you're one of my good friends, but everybody is needs to expect this is what it is. This is what I represent. And then, I give back to everybody, right? So he stopped discounting. He maybe had two of his brothers and most of his relatives on both sides. My mom and his family were farmers. Only a couple of relatives ever bought stuff off him. The rest would go to a neighboring community, to another dealership to buy stuff. You know, don't be that petty person. You should want to support those you love and care for. You should want to help people level up. And, you know, they're going to help you level up too. Just Suck it up, people. Realize that, you know what? This is my price. I'm not ashamed to make money. I'm going to help you level up and increase your bottom line. You're going to increase my bottom line. My bottom line is going to help out everybody around me. And if you have that same mindset, and that's usually what I attract anyway, whether they're broke initially, they have the mindset of wanting to serve others. They need to learn to serve themselves, and then they go out and serve the masses. I don't know if you agree with what I'm saying, but anyway, 
Sorry for being on my soapbox. Well, brother, it's 100% correct what you're saying. And listen, if you're listening to this episode, you, you know, you're obviously somebody who wants to be successful. You're obviously somebody who's seeking some answers. And if you're in business for yourself and you're a good person, you deserve to be successful. And the way you're going to be successful is you're going to get clear on your outcome. Like when I talk to somebody, I ask them, what's their outcome? What do you want to, how much do you want to make? So, you know, maybe Dwight, you're making 200, 300,000 a year right now. And you want to make a half a million or a million, right? Maybe that's what you want to do. And if that's the case, and you came and you told me, I want to make a million dollars a year. I go, all right, great. So that's the outcome. So in order for you to make a million dollars a year, we got to, we got to do a little bit of figuring. What's it going to take? How many policies do you have to write up, et cetera, et cetera. We got to get all that sorted out. Once we've got all of that sorted out, then my job would be to give you the blueprint of what you need to do in order to achieve that. It's that simple. And that's, that's what I do. I get people associated with their outcome. I help them figure out why they want that outcome. I ask them what that would make possible for them. Like a lot of people say I get to travel first class or with private jet. That's awesome. I love it. That's good. And what would you, where would you go? I, I, I go to Tahiti. I go to Fiji. I go to wherever. Right. And that's the sort of thing that we really are able to help people connect with. We help them get clear that they have a problem. We help them understand what are the consequences of this problem continuing. So someone could be doing really well and making 300 grand a year, but they hate it because they want to be making a million and they're not. You know, I mean, that's a problem. What's the impact of them continuing to not make a million? They're frustrated. They're angry. They're upset. They're losing faith in themselves. All those things are real and true. And it's my job to help them see that those consequences will continue until they say this is no longer acceptable and I must shift this. And then once they do that, I paint the picture with them of what life could be like and should be like for them. And so we look at this hell that they're in. We look at this heaven that they could be in. And then my job is to be the bridge to get them from hell to heaven. So That's cool. awesome. I love that. Hell to heaven. Most people don't put it that succinctly. It's true, though, right? What some person's hell making five grand a month versus somebody making 50 grand a month, you know, everybody's got their own hell. They want the guy making 600, like you said, might want to make a million or the guy making 5,000 would like to make 20. And it, everybody's dreams need to be sat down and figured out instead of just being a pipe dream or a fantasy, mm -hmm. right? It, but it takes effort. And like you said, though, sure. it's realization. Have they realized it? So one of the things I'd like to also talk about is, could you please explain in today's world what does free enterprise mean and how does it tie into the importance of our freedom? Well, I think we talked about that at the beginning, right? When I spoke about how, us getting out of Iran. Yeah. Um, and um, free enterprise really is the basis of the economy that we have. It's, it's an economy based on voluntary exchange. If you don't have that, you don't have freedom. If people are being told what to do and how they can do it, and someone else is in charge. The government's in charge. And you and I both know the government doesn't have our best interests at heart. I mean, look earlier this year in Canada, the federal government under the leadership of, uh, of Justin Trudeau, 
they decided that whoever was their political opponents was the enemy and they started to freeze their freaking bank accounts using the Emergencies Act, which is an act designed for wartime. This wasn't wartime. This was just regular people peacefully protesting against the government's uh, ridiculous policies by forcing people to make medical decisions they didn't want to make. That's none of your business government. That's their, that's the people's business. People get to choose what they do. You don't. And, you know, that, that's all there's to it. And to try to coerce them and take their livelihood away, take their ability to participate in polite society away, that's bullshit. And that's what uh, Justin Trudeau did. And as a result of him doing that, um, you know, we, um, we had a problem here. Freedom was on the way out in Canada. Thank God for the Senate who was ready to vote down the uh, Emergencies Act, even though he thought they were going to, they were going to vote it in. They weren't because all the people he put in there, even though he thought were his people, they were civil libertarians. They were appalled at this. And that's what allowed us to maintain freedom in Canada. Can you imagine if he had been able to continue with those dictatorial powers? Oh, it's you terrible. Know? And most it's, people just uh, don't understand the importance of freedom and the ability to speak out. And as long as you're peaceful about it and it doesn't, obviously even people that speak out, I look at, you know, in Edmonton here at the legislature, they had the truckers got together and there was a group of them. And I know I have a bunch of friend trucker friends of mine that were there. They were peacefully. You're always going to have assholes at a protest that are going to cause problems that are going to cause. This was not an that, issue. You know, it wasn't. I, was, a, I, I, I went to Ottawa to see this. There were yeah. families, kids, bouncy oh, castles. I was just going to say I'm that. I'm from Iran. Yeah, I'm from I get Iran. It. I've been in real revolution now. I've yeah, been in, they, in a shooting situation. Yeah. Okay. And I'm telling you, this was nothing. This was very peaceful. Of course. Justin, and that's, Justin Trudeau is the fellow who made it uh, uh, worse. Of course. Peaceful of course. Because but, he refused to meet with the people. He refused to uh, to accept that their uh, their um, their beliefs were legitimate. And he sent um, he sent uh, horses that were trained for riot action against grandmothers in walkers. I know it was, it was a, terrible. It's, 100%. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And that's if you live in a free society, it doesn't matter what your politics is. You cannot condone that kind of behavior. And if the person that's on your side does that kind of crap, you need to condemn that action in the strongest possible terms. And you need to let them know you won't be voting for that. Like oh, exactly. in Canada right now, like if, and, and I'm saying this, this isn't a political show and I'm not many, but if, if you're voting for, the the justin trudeau government right now you're voting for someone who is okay with suppressing their political opponents with violent force and with tools that are meant to be used in wartime against our enemies not against our own citizens i agree so that that's that's something that i think you know speaking to canadians you know whatever else you you could be voting uh, liberal or ndp and that's fine but if you continue to vote for them, despite the fact that they're doing this, you're complicit in our freedoms being frittered away. And we can't have that. In my opinion, we need to educate every single Canadian right now that it's time to stand up and vote these bums out and let all the politicians know that we will never put up with this sort of BS. Well, it doesn't matter what you label a party. No party should have, um, you know, 
the ability to do what they've done to our country as long as I've been alive in Canada. And I love Canada. I agree with some of your earlier statements, one of the best places in the in the world to live. But our politicians, and it doesn't matter what you label it, if it's labeled conservative, NDP, liberal, you can find out in history all the different things they've done behind the scenes to take away our rights, right? And it's not, we as Canadians need to stand up and and hold them accountable but what i was trying to say before you um you know jumped in what happened here most of the people that were protesting i'd say 95 maybe 99 percent of them were just perfect individuals they were very polite about it and there was a couple eggheads but what did the media do that's what i was trying to get to was what did the media do the media took that and blew it out of proportion and all they did was throw gasoline on the fire um you know, again, we're not, I'm not a political show in in that regard. I do have my political opinions, but what I do openly want to talk about is the media. What has the media done in this country? Done in the U.S. You can't trust them anymore. They're owned by big companies that control the narrative, and the general population is like a bunch of sheep, right? One flock of sheep goes to this media outlet that's slanted this way. One goes this way. And then there's a bunch that sit on the fence and all they do is bitch and complain. So some, you know, we need to hold media accountable too. politicians, definitely. But I think the media needs to be put in check in our country too, with the way they deliver information, right? The news is supposed to be there to be factual, right? But unfortunately, I don't think it has done us any favors, especially through the pandemic, through what went on with the truckers. Just throughout my life, the media makes me nauseous. What's your take on the media? I'd love to hear it. Uh, the media used to be uh, a bastion of our freedoms because their job is to hold the powerful to account. They're no longer really doing that. In Canada, they've taken money from the government right now. Oh, it's and sickening. I think that's, uh, that should not be allowed. There should, that should be a law making it illegal for the media to take any money from the government. Um you know, other, other than advertising for specific things. Um, and that, you know, has to be limited. Like at the most, uh, the government should, like 5% of the media's annual budget should come from government advertising uh, at any level. There should be some laws against that. It should not be allowed. It's that simple. The media is a big part of the problem. There's no question oh, about it. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, yeah, it's tough. Because look at in, in general life today, people don't want to be polarizing. And you can be polarizing in a right way. You can be polarizing in a wrong way. And right now in our society, I've, I've seen it really prevalent just before the pandemic, and it got really bad in the pandemic. You and I may have differing views. And instead of just respecting one another, having a conversation about it and agreeing to disagree, maybe we agree to disagree that we can't talk anymore because we're so opposite. But... The conversation needs to start and it needs to happen. People hide behind social media. They attack one another. Uh, they, they, it's done through the media. The list goes on. It's just, you know what, people listening? Have a conversation. Stick to your guns, your values, and present it in a, in a kind, polite way. That is possible. And if somebody comes at you and attacks you, just nod your head, look at them, let them finish, walk away. If you can't even get to the point where they finish, 
get up and walk away. That's your right. That's called freedom. Your personal freedom does not mean you have to read or listen or put up with people's bullshit if it's against your moral compass, in my opinion, anyway. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So, Nikki, we're going to get a little bit more into what we talked about branding, because I really want your take on this. I have a one of the top authors in the world is actually a good friend of mine, uh, branding expert, um, David Breyer. I don't know if you know, if you've ever heard David Breyer's name. Um, so anyway, I, I love anybody's take on branding, especially somebody is, you know, um, knowledgeable and has elicited so much respect from the industry and helped so many businesses become successful, including yourself being successful. And today, you know, today's branding is so relevant to rising above the noise of our competition. How can a person position themselves as a branded thought leader, the difference maker, so to speak, so their ideal clients do come to them? Well, you know, I'll draw a distinction between an expert and a thought leader. An expert is someone who knows something. Um, now, experts are a dime a dozen, but a thought leader is someone who's known for knowing something. Thought leaders are rare and valuable, you know, and another way to put it is um, an expert's like a cover band while a thought leader plays original music. So you want to be a thought leader because being a thought leader means that people in the niche that you care about know who you are. They know what you have to say about the issues that you care about. And they want to listen to what you have to say. And they're going to work with you. They're going to hire you. That's really what being a thought leader is all about. And to become a thought leader, you need to go through a process to help you dial in your message, create some original thinking, right? And to really put that toward a problem that the group that you care about is looking to solve. And one of the things we do is we offer this workshop called the Branded Thought Leader Immersion Workshop. And it's all about helping people figure those types of questions out. But if you want to try and do it on your own, then these are some of the questions you got to answer. So, you know, what has my life been all about? What has my expertise been all about? Um, who are the people I've helped? Um, who are the people I've enjoyed helping? Who are the people that, um, I have, uh, you know, gotten the best results for, who are the people that pay me the most? You know, if you can get those questions answered properly, then you can figure out an ideal target market. You can understand what their um, top problem is that they're looking to solve. And then you got to start really speaking to that problem inside your thought leadership, inside the questions you ask when you're on the phone with somebody and doing that is what makes you make money. It's what makes you successful as a, as a, as a thought leader. And um, you can organically become a thought leader. It'll just take a very, very long time where you can, you know, fast track that process by getting like a great mentor and a great peer group, all of whom are trying to do the same thing and get yourself there fast. But if you're a thought leader, um, you can get yourself to an income of between a half a million and two and a half million a year within three years or less. So I can tell you this because um, I originally found out about thought leadership through a former business partner of mine who was working with some guys out of Australia who 
created a movement called Thought Leaders Global, Thought Leaders Business School. And they teach people inside of what they do, how to um, monetize their expertise of thought leadership. And it's pretty amazing because um, they've had close to 17, 1800 people go through their programs and over half have been making an extra half a million to two and a half million a year, over half. And then of the remaining half, 63%, 64% are making an extra quarter million to a half a million dollars. So we're talking about a total of 83% of the people are making an extra quarter million to two and a half million dollars a year. That's what thought leaderships makes possible for you. You know, so if you're a coach, if you're a consultant, if you're an insurance agent, if you're a realtor, uh, if you're a speaker, an author, and you are not a branded thought leader, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. Wow. That is, yeah, kind of took my breath away with that, with what you just shared, because it's true. Um, it's back to differentiating ourselves by being that, as you said, an expert does cover music, a thought leader does original music. The, the, the person doing the original music is a person that is a thought leader that's differentiating themselves that really is making it known that they're that. And everybody wants to get a hold of this thought leader, not necessarily saying they want to, you know, automatically my brain is screaming expert, but you know, when you differentiated the difference between the two, now they they want to reach out and have that top person, whether it's insurance, real estate, or whatever entrepreneurship it is, that thought leader be on their stages, that thought leader being the keynote speaker, that thought leader being on their Zoom calls. That's you know what I mean. That's thank you for distinguishing that, right? Yeah, I and I want to also I also want to say something else. You mentioned you were going on the stage of a famous person. I'm not going to mention his name, okay? But um, you were you were going to go to his event. And yeah. I, 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 I know a lot of people who go to big name people's events. You know what I mean? They pay tens of thousands of dollars. And I've done it myself. Okay, so I, I, I want to be clear. And these can be fantastic. You can learn a few things uh, and you can make some really great contacts. And to me, that's the most valuable part. The networking part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. But I know tons of people in these celebrity masterminds. And... And I mean tons. And these guys are good sizzle sellers. You know what I mean? The problem is nobody gets a result there. Like you talk to the guys there, they were already rich going in. So they didn't really get anything extra from being there, except they had a great time and they took a picture with the dude, right? Yeah. Or they, very few people start down low and get on high. So this thought leader program, which is kind of the basis of what we teach here, like people get crazy results and a lot of them do. And there's no celebrities there. You're not going to, I mean, unless you think I'm a celebrity and I'm really not, right? You, you know, you can put your arm around me. I'll take a picture with you. Yeah, I was the Dickie Balloon. They're going to go, who the heck's that, right? But, but the truth of the matter is those celebrity masterminds, while they're fun and enjoyable, if you're looking to get an outcome, if you're looking to add 300K to your business this year or half a mil, you spent your money on the wrong thing. I, I say this with all respect to the folks who go there and all of that, but don't get starstruck. Don't be like a teenage girl in the 60s seeing the Beatles. You know, 
don't do that. Don't I agree. do that. hundred percent. You know, and, and that's what I say. Like go, I, if you're going to that stuff, you go with a specific intent. I was invited to come to it. I was, why am I going? Well, I get to, I'm going for relatively no cost. I got a VIP ticket given to me thousand dollars. I was like, Oh, okay. You know, plus I'm meeting up with networking with some people that I've gotten to know on their company. They're coming in from Hawaii. They're coming in from Texas. They're coming in from, there's a group of us meeting together to synergize and work with one another, the networking, you know, to enhance our networking. Some of these people I've never met, been on calls before, but I've never met face to face. And it's not about him, the event. It's about what am I going to get by, uh, you know, going to that event. I'm not looking there to increase my income because I go to that event. I'm looking there to increase my associations and my connections and, you know. Which is cool, which is cool. If someone's listening to this show, and they're thinking, where do I want to invest my money? I'd invest your money into a mentorship, a peer grouping that's going to help 100%. you get a return on your investment, ROI. Because if you're not getting that, that's not good. You need a return. And the return is what it's all about. And for me, what makes us different than the charlatan marketers, we sell, we sell steak, baby. That sizzle steak. steak yeah. When you cut, when you cut on what's on your plate from us, you're gonna feel that satisfying flesh ripping under that knife, you know. And it's that's, gonna taste good when you put it in your mouth. That's awesome. I love it. For those listening, go to YouTube, my YouTube channel, and watch this. You know the excitement in Nikki's face and his smile. Man, that's that says it all, right? That's that's the genuine, real deal, right there. And that's what you need in your life. So one of the things I want to talk about before we wrap up, so I want you to talk a little bit about your book, right? Your newest book, How to Create a Million Dollars a Year Income, The Priceless Guide for Life Insurance Agents, Sales Professionals, and Anyone with a Big Dream. Give us a, give us a rundown of your book and what people can expect from it. So I've worked with a gentleman by the name of Perry Wong. He's my co-author of the book. He's been a client of mine uh, for the last little while. And he's wanted to write a book for a very long time. He's a million dollar a year earner in insurance, has been for well over half a decade, uh, right? And he, he started off in the insurance game as a life insurance agent, and he was successful. He made six figures, but he was in the low six figures. And then he came across um, something that helped him differentiate himself. So he became a bit of a thought leader in his space. And then he went out there and he pushed it like crazy. And he very quickly went from low six figures to seven figures. And I wanted Perry and I to team up to talk because I've helped a number of people make seven figures and even eight figures. And wanted to bring uh, his experience doing that for himself and my experience helping about you know, uh, 11, 12 people do that in the form of a book that just is a blueprint on how to do that. And this book really is a how-to guide on how to create a million dollar a year income. So 20 years, listen to this. If you're in insurance, if you're in sales, if you're just an entrepreneur with a big dream, you want to make seven figures a year, this is a great book for you to buy. Fantastic. I appreciate you sharing that. We'll make sure that uh, it's in the show notes as well um, to ensure that people can easily access and purchase the book right because sometimes people use excuses or they forgot it or they don't want to rewind and listen to that part of the podcast well 
anybody that's uh, been a longtime listener of my show, um, you just go to giveaheck.com, right? We'll make sure as well. Um, you know, one of the things we're going to wrap up with here is, you know, if you had to tell people one last closing message, what would you tell them in regards to giving a heck and never giving up? Look, we're living in rough times, man. The last two and a half years, uh, we've had a, uh, a pandemic and then we've had a government massively overreacting to it and having taking a lot of people's rights and freedoms away. A lot of businesses got crushed. Uh, massive mental health issues have been created by this. Uh, right now, we've got huge levels of inflation. I mean, inflation's up 600% in some cases. And there's a lot of people that are feeling nervous, scared, unsure. How can I succeed? Am I, am I going to be able to survive? And what I want to tell them is, yes, you can. You can thrive, not just survive. And you can make this your best year ever. Just make sure that you are with peers. you got a great mentor. Make sure you understand who your ideal customer is, what their biggest pain point is, and that you understand how to express that pain point and the consequences of that uh, problem persisting to them so that they are clear they need to do something about it and then paint a picture of the heaven they need to go through and get them out of there. If you can do that on your own, then go do it. If you can't, then you should come see, talk to me. Go to my website, eCircleAcademy.com. There's a button there that says book a success call. Click on it. Fill out the application form. Pick a time that works for you. And let's have a complimentary call. And let's have an honest conversation about where you're at. Let's get you past your fear and into your dream and into your hope. Let's help you make the best life possible for yourself because you deserve that. Fantastic. I'll make sure again that that's in the show notes. Again, listeners, just go to giveaheck.com, hit the podcast portal button. You'll see Nikki's smiley face and you'll see a rundown of the show below it with all the links. It's not hard. It's simple. You just got to give a heck about yourself and be willing to get out of your comfort zone, get off that hamster wheel of life that we talk about all the time, because you deserve success. We all do. And as Nikki talked about earlier, there could be one person out there that needs you to suck it up because you could be that differentiation in their life to succeed. And by you not and being selfish, you leave them behind. You shouldn't do that. You need to change your life so you can change others. So I appreciate you coming on, Nikki. This has been a fantastic conversation. And uh, I look forward to getting to know you better. We'll certainly stay in touch outside of this. And we talked about a few things that obviously I'm going to be touching base for the next couple of weeks. So thanks so much for being on. Give a heck, Nikki. I appreciate your time and sharing some of your experiences so that others too can learn. It is never too late to give a heck. Thank you for taking time out of your day and listening to Give a Heck. If you find value, I'd appreciate you sharing with your friends and family so they too can learn how to live life on purpose, not by accident. So you do not miss the next episode. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and please also post a review. I look forward to reading your comments. This has been Dwight Heck. If you want to check out other podcast episodes or today's show notes, please check out my website, giveaheck.com and until next time together let us all strive to give a heck